Lazy Person's Book Club presents... You can blame it on the season, blame it on the weather, oh, blame it for no reason, on a feather... Blame it on Hoboken! It's the funny, music-fueled, modern love story with a touch of mystery set in Frank Sinatra's hometown. You can blame it on the game, blame it on the battle, oh, blame it on my name. Today's episode, The Bridal Shower, brought to you by... Great idea that you've been minting. Get it done. At Ron's Printing. Ron's Printing. In the heart of downtown Longmont. Ron's Printing. Ron's Printing. Ron's Printing. Ron's Printing for you. Ronsprinting.com. Previously on Blame It on Hoboken, New York City tour guide Carolyn Cates is about to be a bride. Could this be why she's just picked the biggest fight of her life with her best friend, Aggie? We join Carolyn in her apartment in Greenwich Village trying to put the pieces together, literally. Carolyn worked through the night alone. Jimmy Foss was missing. Aggie was furious with her. Ned Allen was off traveling. Her parents, little Hans and Miss Jupeski, were amusing themselves who knew where. If I hadn't tracked down Jimmy's family, ouch. Carolyn cut her finger. Not badly, but enough to break her train of thought. If I told Aggie earlier, ouch. If I joined the family business, ouch. If the moon were made of green cheese, but you know what? I'm leading this tour. Okay, so I'm not sure where I'm going, but you can't get lost taking one step at a time. The next morning, Carolyn bandaged her fingers, slipped into her dress, and headed to La Marisa for her bridal shower. She was expecting to see the little diner looking as it usually did, a stern symphony of black and white and steel. But Avrit Catan was a talented interior decorator. Silk gardenias covered the walls. Pale green tablecloths covered each table. Silver place settings glowed on each tabletop. It's amazing. I'm glad you like it. Excuse me, please. I must shift some things on the buffet. Ms. Chupesky and Carolyn's mom were helping out, too. Has anyone seen the cake cutter? I placed it halfway between the spoons. I had it a moment ago, but... Hello, everyone. Ned arrived from the airport, still holding his travel bag. Penny for your thoughts, Carolyn? Or should I ask what happened to your hands? I had a big fight with Aggie. Oh, a big one. Did you guys fight it out with box cutters? Oh, no. I got this making Aggie's apology. I decided to make her a mosaic. It says 100% smart art on the top, smart. The letters art are in a different color, so they really stand out and say something I really needed to say, but will it work? I bet you did a great job. I bought some buttons and some costume jewelry and some tiles at the flea market, and I smashed them with a hammer. That part was easy, but when I started gluing them together, ouch, broken things have sharp edges. Who knew? Weddings make people do crazy things, but crazy can be lovely, too. Are you getting sentimental on me? Whoa! Did you look at those wheels? A turquoise car with white trim and impressively large back fins was parallel parking outside the diner. The car's vanity license plate read, Blue Eyes. This way, ladies. Right behind you, coming through. Look Look at at this this place. place! It's so cute! 
The four wives of the Friends of Frank, the Sinatra impersonators from the Hoboken Club, tapped their way across the linoleum floor on four sets of spiky high heels. Happy, Happy bridal, bridal shower, shower darling. darling. You don't remember her name, do you? Maybe not. What's it to you? It shows a lack of manners. Just saying. Look who's talking about manners, miss. I was his mistress, now I'm his wife. This is not the time or place for such talk. Hey, who's the offbeat supermodel? Aggie was standing on La Marisa's threshold, arm in arm with Tim. She was holding Carolyn's mirror in her hand, flashing rainbows from its silver surface across the room. Call me nuts, but is someone here getting married? The shower became a happy blur for Carolyn after that. Party guests from all different parts of her life mixed and mingled. Nico, wearing a blue suit, a crisp white shirt, and a red tie in place of his black and white uniform, chatted with the friends of Frank's wives. Grimelda, outfitted in a little black dress, stood beside her. Carolyn had never seen her smile before. The look suited her. Excuse me, mister. The wife of the chairman of the board of the Sinatra impersonators known as the friends of Frank tapped Nico on the shoulder. But do I know you somehow? I think I do. Grimelda gave Nico a meaningful look. And did you hear that? The lady knows you. Say something. Perhaps they have tasted our coffee. It's not your coffee. It's you. Something about you is very familiar to me. Tell them who you are. I will not. Why not? I will not. It would make many people happy. And maybe even you. No. No, no. Impossible. Where are your people from? There's a very well-known song written about our island where we lived as children. Nico knows it very well. No, no, no. Nico threw his hands in the air and headed for the kitchen. Grimelda and then Carolyn followed Nico through the swinging doors. La Marisa's kitchen was as well-ruled as its owner's. Stainless steel pots and pans dotted the walls. Dishes were lined up in perfect stacks and opened frame shelving units. I will not do this. I will not tell them. But why? They will laugh at me. That's not true. I know who you are now, and I think you're amazing. But how did you figure this out? I did what everyone else at La Marisa does. I eavesdropped. So what will you do now? Well, that's up to you. I could keep your secret, or I could introduce you to someone. Carolyn explained her plan. We have been waiting for this our whole lives, but what if we fail? You won't fail, at least... I don't think you'll fail. I can't guarantee anything, but I have a really good feeling. But why now? After all these years? Because, Nicolo, it is time. And you will be beside me? Forever. No matter what happens. Then my answer is yes. Carolyn went to bed, expecting to toss and turn all night. But the next thing she knew, her alarm clock was buzzing. She tiptoed to the bathroom, pulled on her clothes, and headed to work in New York City's relatively quiet pre-dawn. The tour she was leading today required some unusual supporting characters. As she looked through the window of La Marisa, she could see two familiar figures setting up the tables. She knocked on the window and waved. Ellen and Alan Allen waved back. Carolyn had time to walk, but she ran toward the river. Patience was a virtue. But at times, she had to admit, it was overrated. We can 
conclude this episode of Sharon Glassman's Novel with Songs, Blame It on Hoboken, available at SharonGlassmanLive.com. Today's episode features, in alphabetical order, Joan Bremer Holden as Avrit Catan and one of the wives of Frank, Nina Raleigh as Ms. Chupesky and another wife of Frank, Carol Borer as Barbara Sinatra, Seth Palmer Harris as Nico, Connor Magyar as Ned and the announcer, Sharon Glassman as Grimelda, Carolyn and the narrator. The songs of Blame It on Hoboken are written by Sharon Glassman and produced by Eric Tureen. Join us next week, same time, same location, for another music-filled episode of Blame It on Hoboken. Blame It on Hoboken comes to you from Studio 2B or Not To Be in Longmont, Colorado, and is syndicated on the Longmont Compass. 